Welcome to Women of the Wild, where education and opportunities are key. And friendships are made to last a lifetime. You think we got him? You think we got him? We got him. You said that yesterday. <laughs> Alright, Skylar, what do we got here? We got a... Nice looking red Yeah. Welcome to the Women of the Wild podcast. I am your host, Linda White, and today I have my co-host, Felicia Marie, with me. How you doing, Felicia? Great, and yourself? I'm doing great. And our guest today is Sam Bilind. How are you doing, Sam? You know, I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Um, Sam, so we're going to kind of just kick right into things. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the outdoors. Well, so I feel like I have a different story than kind of a lot of... Uh, people who consider themselves, quote, outdoorsy, right? Um, I, I've always loved the outdoors in the sense of being in nature. Um, my mom is an avid runner and hiker and just absolutely loves the outdoors. So every time we were uh, with her, my sister and I growing up, we would always go on walks and go with her on her runs and, you know, ride our bikes or rollerblade or such. Um, and so with my dad, though, my dad... Uh, himself grew up going on occasional hunts uh, with family, but we did a lot of fishing together. And so we would go on fishing trips and, and I kind of explained this in my little introduction for Women of the Wild when I was highlighted on there a couple weeks ago, which was awesome. Thank you guys for that. Um, I love those little shout outs. I know it makes people feel so welcomed and appreciated. So, um, so we used to go on these kind of fishing trips. And my most memorable one with him that really got me into fishing and really made me want to just immerse myself in the outdoors as a child was um, our first trip up to the UP where we had to hike miles and miles into the woods um, to find a spot to just camp. And so when you're in the upper peninsula of Michigan, I mean, that's what you do. <laughs> there's there's not really, you park on the side of the road and you just kind of go, right? Um, course that was also the 90s a little bit different now but maybe not too much I don't think so but <laughs> yeah so that's what we did and that first trip was just the coolest I mean we hiked miles into the woods we saw black bears we saw carcasses of different kinds of animals we just and then we got to a, this wide open brook and then just set up camp there for a few days and we had to catch what we were going to eat for the night and um, it was just such a good experience because, you know, I 
kind of grew up in the city in a sense. So being able to do something fun and um, be a part of nature like that, I just was addicted. I absolutely loved it. So that's how I kind of got into all of the outdoors experience. That's my biggest kind of cue. Um, And so then growing up um, with my friend, she lived on acres of land and we just spent all of our time in the woods. I mean, we built, you know, little tree houses and just, you know, made little pretend suppers and stuff like the pioneer days and, (laughs) you know, um, but that's actually what taught me foraging too. So I just thought, you know, it's like a little kid and your imagination just goes wild. Um, You, you're just teaching yourself, you know, how to kind of learn the land itself and how everything uh, works with itself. So I would say that's about how I got involved in it. But hunting didn't come until later in life. So how old so were we, you when you first started doing all of that? Like the, oh. you were, you were young. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I would say where we started doing the fishing trips and like playing in the uh, woods and stuff all the time, like 10, maybe, maybe eight or 10. Oh, okay. Pretty young. Yeah. All right. so, so then how did you transfer into hunting and, and kind of branching <laughs> out? You said that came yeah. later? Yeah. So in, in as like middle school and uh, high school came along, you know, I got more busy. I was always involved in sports. Um, I was a book nerd, still am, um, just absolutely love, you know, reading and such. And so um, I just like my whole life just got really busy as a kid, especially if you have kids that are in sports, they just, it just takes up time. <laughs> it's just, you know, that's what you do. And we always kind of made it a point to have at least uh, a few trips where we would be able to still go and enjoy nature, whether that meant we, um, if you're from Michigan, we went to, you know, the uh, Silver Lake and dunes, or we would go on um, hiking trips. I'm, my mom especially would take us on kind of these vacations in the summer, but we'd always end up hiking wherever we were going. And we always had to have some great kind of um, locations um for us to just kind of hang out and enjoy the outdoors and so when I got when I graduated high school I kind of felt like that's where I left off I was dating a guy at the time and he was very uh he loved to be out in the woods just as much and so we got a little bit more into that together um and he had started hunting he had never grown up hunting and so he was like I want to I'm going to try this I was like I do too I, you know, I, I love animals and such, but I also appreciate, I want to be able at some point in my life, be able to know how to harvest an animal myself and provide for myself as well. So, uh, we kind of get into that and, but it started kind of small game, right? You know, like rabbits and squirrels and stuff like that. Um, and then I just kind of fell off of that for a while until probably in my late twenties. And um, I kind of felt like something was missing in my life. So I got much more into fishing, which was what I knew and foraging. Um, But it was always my goal to get back into learning how to hunt. So small game, big game, um, anything of that sort. So I got to say, you said you didn't get into it until like your late 20s. I honestly... Mm -hmm thought you were in your mid-20s so you're looking darn good there lady <laughs> I'm gonna be 37 this year oh 37 yeah, well, yeah let me tell that, you. you are so young in spirit though you would never ever know your age from it 
Like mm-hmm. you are just a ball of fire all the time and so much fun. And the laughter you bring to the field, like you're just a phenomenal person to be around. I appreciate that. You have to have fun in life. You know, um, we've all gone through hard, you know, times in life. And what are you going to do with that? You know, I've learned from the hard times in my life. And I've honestly learned to appreciate my life a lot more. And I think that's where it picked up of, you know, in my late 20s, um, going through emotional things and um, just some really tough times. And I was trying to think of what am I missing in my life? Like, what makes me happy? And I was like, why am I not immersing myself in the object? That's where I was the happiest. You know, as a kid, I can, I mean, as a kid, you don't really think of anything that's really terrible in life if you hopefully lived a good life, but uh, a good childhood, I should say. But, you know, in when you said you have to be one with yourself too. And I think being in nature, if that really helps me, and that's what helps me be happier and kind of be with myself and think through my feelings and kind of just remember that I'm a human and um, to go on with life in a more positive spirit than, you know, maybe the negative that surrounds me at that point. So yeah, I think I appreciate the (laughs) the, the wild young spirit we have going on here. (laughs) Um, But yeah, 37. It's going to be crazy. Like I, uh, I was thinking that. And so that was kind of my goal is in my thirties, I wanted to make sure that I uh, got into hunting. I wanted to get into archery and I wanted to get into hunting. So that is what I am doing. And you experienced your first waterfall season with us this past season. I did. I've always wanted to hunt them. So I grew up in a, so I've had goose a few times I think I was telling you this before Felicia that you know I hate geese when I was four I got attacked by goose and I was doing nothing and I don't understand why I was doing it so I've always had this resentment towards geese right I think we all have that story that (laughs) exactly exactly raise your hand everybody was raising their hand and probably laughing about it like damn goose was chasing me or a swan or something right and I was like just the world should just be rid of the geese you know kind of stuff I was like they're not even good to eat and uh a couple years ago I said that and someone looked at me and said they're not good to eat and I said no every time I said goose is the grossest thing I've ever had they go well they haven't cooked it right for you I'm like I mean that's probably fair I that's fair and uh so they they cooked it a different way and I was like wow this is actually not bad at all so then you know light bulb went off I was like well now I can just go you know I I went duck hunting one time and I just loved it but again it's expensive so if you do it on your own it's better with a group of people you know kind of stuff so that opportunity didn't really arise until a little bit later but when I was (laughs) I was looking at I think something was posted on a different women's uh hunting group on social media and it was that waterfall one and I think you had posted on like women who hunt or something like that that I was following at the time yeah mm-hmm. and I was like this is amazing because I had never a gone goose hunting and you know I wasn't I was aware that it was different than duck hunting but you know and I didn't it's not like I'm a, I, I knew too much about that at the time either so I was like this is going to be a great experience because everyone there is going to be new to duck or to goose hunting you know so I think that's the hardest thing that I've had to go through in um 
trying to get out there and getting to more hunting is because I didn't have that growing up in life and with my immediate family. Um, so I had to learn it and I had to reach out to people and I had to follow social media and I had to, you know, groups on social media that were heavy into um, the, the interests that I had. And I especially did not have women that were surrounding me that were doing the same. So that educational goose hunt was just boom. And then, of course, I go on my first hunt and I'm just addicted. <laughs> I just, I, I'm like, yes, I'm going to do this all of the time. This is an understatement. You <laughs> did such a great season and you even went to Texas with us for Sandhill Cranes and you harvested green. That is the coolest thing. The Sandhill Crane Hunt was honestly the coolest thing in the world. So for anyone who's been waterfowl hunting, I mean, just hearing the, uh, just like the birds overhead, like you hear them and your just emotions just go crazy. Um, that intense feeling of just hearing those birds overhead and just going crazy. And so, you know, sometimes there's just a hundred birds or so, maybe not even that, but in Texas, there's just thousands of birds, the tens of thousands of birds. And that intensity that you feel just on a normal, regular day, multiply that by 10, 100 or so. And, um, you know, in Michigan, we can't hunt the cranes, but you'd always heard that they're ribeye in the sky. And I'm like, I absolutely am going to go get myself a ribeye in the sky. <laughs> like, yes, they are very beautiful birds. I very much respect, you know, how beautiful they are. I, you know, I appreciate the beauty and everything that this bird has to offer, but um, I just had to try it. <laughs> absolutely I have to try this bird and hearing those birds the thousands tens of thousands it was the loudest thing I've heard in a long time it was just the coolest experience I I hope I experience many more times in my life for sure for sure and the geese we had that great great fantastic goose hunt where we got the 11 man limit in like three and a half hours Yes, that was just the coolest thing. I'm so glad that you set that up for us and gave us that opportunity because, you know, some of us hadn't really been able to get as many geese before and just having that opportunity to be able to get the geese and the sandhill crane and ducks that they were out there too, just great opportunity. And I'm so glad. I can't believe we limited out with 11 people. And it was well, like three and a half hours. Yeah, and the crazy part about that is I believe eight out of the 11 girls it was their first either their first waterfowl hunt or their first season and two of the girls had never even shot a shotgun before so it was a complete introduction we only had a very few limited girls and that I mean that was counting myself which I was more so there helping the guides and facilitate and PR so pulling the trigger aside from the day that we did the 11 man limit of geese wasn't really a priority so like if you think about it between 10 women, you guys laid down those cranes both days, the 11 man limit of geese, like you girls, especially for new hunters and inexperienced hunters, that was just an incredible defeat all in itself. And like, mm -hmm. just like it blew my mind that it, like it, it was so fast, but it was so fun. And like you said, here in Michigan, we have a really great flyway, but we don't get the 
tens of thousands of birds like that, where it's ear piercingly wow. loud and you can't even talk to the person next to you there. Cause mm -hmm. there's a cloud of birds moving in. Like, I'm really, yeah. really glad that you got to enjoy that, but it's, it's really neat to me that you got to do it in your very first waterfall season. Like you went from right. zero to 50 and <laughs> that commitment, that passion is just, it's phenomenal to see it in you ladies. And that was fire that it ignites. It just makes me so happy to see how happy and committed you guys get to it. Yeah. Um, it's funny you say the zero to 60 because that's just kind of me as a person. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, in the sense of if I'm going to set my mind to something, I'm going to excel at it, or at least I'm going to try my hardest to do it. Right. So if I have it in my mind that in my thirties, I really want to get into more, say homesteading type of uh, life and, you know, hunting off the land and foraging the land and stuff. I'm going to do what it takes to get to that point. You know, I've done that professionally in my career and I want to take that into my personal life now um, because A, I feel accomplished just to begin with, but B, that's just going to make me feel better about life. The things that I took my friend Chrissy with me, right? That was her first time to do all of this. And she has a fire ignited in her now too. And we were talking about it the other day. And she said, I just, I just think it's great that now I can say, I feel confident enough to know that I can provide for myself, you know, if I ever needed to. And a lot of people don't get to experience that these days. And um, so that's kind of where I was going with it. Um, when I first started wanting to get into the hunting kind of realm of thing. I wasn't too sure if I wanted to focus on one area, you know, I've been deer hunting, um, but I've never done waterfowl hunting. So that was, um, I don't know, I'm addicted now. I can't, <laughs> you know, I just, there are a lot of people that said, you know, some people would rather waterfowl hunt than go deer hunting. I'm like, there's no way, like, that's crazy. Like, well, now I could kind of see it. <laughs> and there are two different types of hunting, like absolutely two different types, but it just, I could kind of see it now. I just kind of have to laugh at my older self thinking, no way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what were all the trips that you had gone on this year? What all did you do with us? Uh, let's see. I went uh, two times goose hunting uh, with you guys. And well, I think one was just a sponsored one. And then I, we had some other uh, girls that went uh, who had been involved before with a couple other friends um went to the sandhill crane hunt down in texas and then uh a couple of the best hunting um at muzzy in corona so what are you signed up for that's coming <laughs> the walleye trip i love fishing i just okay. i am so itching to go fishing because we didn't get to go ice fishing this right. year right you we know? didn't either <laughs> there was nothing out there we had to drive maybe three hours to get somewhere on a good weekend if it was ugh, I'm bum because I got a new shape use it <laughs> and only used it a couple times and I just yeah um and we I was going to actually volunteer for the ice fishing event the beginner's ice fishing event um yeah. but we had unfortunately had to end up canceling it just uh, due to safety concerns which is absolutely reasonable yeah unfortunately <laughs> with ice ice fishing that is that's a problem that you run into it it never yeah. fails whenever you plan something like that there's no ice yeah. <laughs> like that was always a concern but the way that the the way that everything froze up so quickly around the split so around that first 
the 31st and the 1st, everything had like feet of ice. And I'm like, there's no way in three weeks we're not going to have any ice. Two weeks right. later, this is gone. And I'm like, gone. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, that's what but you get for doing saying that. Sam does have um, her first turkey hunt scheduled with me. <laughs> so we have Turkey Bird coming and uh so I think excited. that's gonna be a whole nother foul addiction for her that once she gets that because turkey's a very sensory hunt um but I'll be taking Sam out to get her first bird this this spring That'll I have be been fun. wanting to get my first bird for so long for so long I I just I just thought it would be really I just think I've just heard so much about the hunt and how amazing it is and I just cannot wait for that because A, I'm going with you, Felicia. And I couldn't I couldn't even imagine anybody else that I would want to go with. You know, um, I'm gonna hype you up here a little bit, but you know, you're such a mentor for a lot of girls that are just getting into hunting. Um, shouldn't just say girls, but women as well. And um <clears throat> you make them feel like A, they're smart enough. <laughs> do this you know because that's a big thing that's um it is very intimidating to just throw yourself into um fishing or hunting or whatever and not really know what you're doing um but also that you know there's no dumb questions that you ever ask you know you have no problem repeating yourself over and over again to like let us know and then you explain everything so nice and concisely and I always like I go are you okay? Are you, do you understand? Are you good? And I'm like, yeah, because I'll tell you if I don't understand. <laughs> um, whereas some people might not. And so I just, I think you work really well with the ladies too. And I would totally hype you up too, Linda, but I haven't been to a trapping event with you yet. So <laughs> it's okay. Don't even worry about it. Don't <laughs> even worry about it. No, but that's, but I've just been with Felicia so much. So, but that's great yeah. that you feel that way. And I think that, I think that whenever going out on, on events like this, especially when you're brand new, you need to have somebody like that in your corner. Like somebody Absolutely. who can explain everything in full detail and sit there and support you and cheer you on. Like that can make or break a hunter right off the bat. I feel like, you know, absolutely. You know, quite frankly, I've been on plenty of hunts, many different types of hunts with different people. And it was really um, deterring uh, being on a couple of those and cause I didn't feel like I could speak up or ask the right questions or how would you not know that? Or you're in my way and things before. And I just don't feel that, especially with what, you know, for the most part, most of my, well, all of my waterfowl hunts have been with multiple people, you know, a lot of people and the way that we all work together and help each other out. You know, I was next to the girl in the blind, um, when we were in those A-frames for uh, uh, the Sandhill Crane Hunt, and she, you know, you could tell she wasn't very comfortable with her with her firearm, and so just you know, reminding people, turn your safety on, <laughs> you know, always keep it on, or such. And and no one was offended by that. You know, we were all looking out for each other. We we're all saying, hey, make sure it's unloaded. Make sure you're carrying it a certain way. Um, you know, can you help me with this zipper? Can you, you know, this you know, should I wear this? Uh, what kind of shells should I bring? You know, just all those things where, yeah, you could probably Google it, but these girls are there. We're all there to help each other. So it was, I, I, I've, 
I just can't talk up Women of the Wild and all of the exciting opportunities that there are out there for girls to get out there. I'm really, um, A, I'm really glad that appreciative that that's how you feel because um, with these events, the biggest thing is for women to know it's okay that you don't have experience. We we want to help you and we want to help you level up to where you're at. Or if you already do have a skill set, come out and build on it or be there for Uh these new girls to help. Like you said, with the safety, like I know when we were, you know, she wasn't comfortable with her firearm. I pulled her aside one-on-one in the evening and took her in my room and we unloaded that. We made sure the gun was unloaded and taught her all that safety and everything, how to shoulder it, how to jump up with it shouldered. Um, we went over all of that, but then when you're in the action and you're not comfortable to have somebody there that does have experience, that's okay too. Like these women, it doesn't matter experience level when we intermix like that and you can interject your knowledge into other women and the way that the atmosphere that we build with women of the wild, it's very important to us to give everybody their, their place. You know what I mean? Like everybody serves a purpose and you've seen this on the pheasant hunts. We try to intermix experience with beginners Mm -hmm. because you know, that PR might be busy or that guide might be doing this and this girl's gun might jam, or, you know, they might have a question about this and you girls, regardless of experience level, like I know that there's been hunts where girls have been like, Hey, Felicia, I don't know this answer. Come here. And I'll come over. And if I don't know the answer, I'll find just somebody that does, Mm -hmm. but we're all just, like you said, there to be each other's cheerleaders. And I think that you're a really great advocate of the experience because you've done so many events, whether they were Mm -hmm. sponsored by women of the wild or they were through women of the wild, you really immersed yourself in it. You started being willing to volunteer with us. And like that, is awesome all in itself. Cause that just goes to show the passion that something like this builds in the community that it builds. Like you girls become sisters, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and the friendships, like being two girls together, like you take two girls on a hunt and then the next weekend, those two girls are out doing something together. Like yeah. it's awesome seeing the yeah, block. So cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that is another thing out of this, you know, a I'm learning to build my self-confidence in being, um, excelling in something that I'm super interested in. Right. Um, but also I'm building these friendships and networking with people, you know, I think that's the coolest thing too. Um, you know, say, you know, especially with all of the, the community, the fishing community and the hunting community and such, um, it was so cool to see, you guys at Outdoor Rama and how so many people were like, oh, you got to go see the girls for, you know, Women's Wild and like just, you know, the boys and the fishing charters and stuff. They all talk us all up. And <laughs> it's just like everyone is just so awesome and intermingling with each other and being so supportive of just it's just it's such a good community, like tight knit community. But so it's just like the networking and building those friendships, too. Um, you know, I have girlfriends now from very you know many areas in the country so if I want to go on a hunt you know out there we can call each other and you know go schedule a hunt or they could come to us now or a fishing trip you know we were talking about fishing in Texas we can talk about the fishing in Wisconsin too and you know like that's just so cool and and you have all of these opportunities to travel love traveling traveling is amazing and I'm so glad we decided to I, it was the longest drive ever, but I'm so glad that we decided to drive to Texas because Amy had such good talks, you know, mm-hmm. so many laughs 
and such good talks, but you know, it, it's just like great time to bond. And we got to experience all of that, you know, just travel together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I'm such an advocate for it because again, I came from, where do I even start with this? And it was in my head while, you know, I'll, I'll be a part of the local, um, say conservation clubs and such too. And I moved to a new town, um, when I turned 30, so I was brand new and everything. So I had to really find out, um, and meet new people and find out where to go. But, um, but so then in my head, I'm like, well, maybe social media. And so I started following all these groups of women fishing and, you know, women anglers and then huntresses and such. And I was like, man, there's a lot of women that do all this. I was like, that's so badass. I want to be badass like that, <laughs> you know? And and then I meet you guys and I'm like, oh, this is so awesome. Like, they're all badass. I want to be badass. This is just all badass. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely, yeah, I, I just, I advocate it so much because you're going to, if you join groups like these or, you know, just uh, be a part of the hunts, whether you're brand new or seasoned of some sort, you're, you're always going to get something out of it, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to build your self-confidence. Um, you're going to gain friends, gain experience. It's just going to, I just, that's why I just keep volunteering or signing up. <laughs> like, let's go. Sam, you have earned your badassery badge for sure. <laughs> oh, you know what? I appreciate that. Do I get a little badge on Like, do I get we'll get you a badge? Just... We'll, we'll see what we can do. Maybe we can give those in little giveaway bags or something. Here. That's so here's funny. Your, here's your honorary badass badge. I like that. Yeah. I like Does that, that mean that you guys get the crowns and stuff then? Because I'm just like a subject oh, at that point. <laughs> black betty badassery black betty badassery yeah you'll Um, have to for those listening to this (laughs) yeah i was gonna say for those listening to this um so my last name is uh beeland and but you know it looks like bellin and so when our balan and so for the longest time um that like ram ramble jam song whatever um like, whoa black betty sam balan so yeah that's my instagram tag follow me if you'd like <laughs> um but yeah we just everybody sings it <laughs> and everybody around it. me so yeah that's great that's great so i was so doing I'm- it into a goose call on our goose hunt she had <laughs> so bad. <laughs> sorry linda i had to <laughs> interject that no that's okay that's okay and now a short word from our sponsors Hey everyone, Andy Lehman here from ACC Crappie Sticks. Just want to let you know about our crappie baits and jig heads. We have a wide selection of the hottest colors and big eye crappie jig heads in the most popular colors and sizes. Check them all out at acccrappiesticks.com. Thank you. Do you enjoy the great outdoors and hope to share that excitement with your kids? Now you can through Dr. Josh Farr's great collection of books. Share your love of nature while also teaching valuable life lessons on friendship and learning the alphabet with books like the ABCs of Hunting. Plus, the ABCs of Hunting workbook is the perfect learning tool to captivate young readers and create a foundation for your future hunter. Find out more about these and other books from Dr. Josh Farr at drjoshfarr.com. That's D-R-J-O-S-H-F-A-R-R.com. Girls with Guns Clothing is a proud sponsor of Women of the Wilds podcast. If you are looking for hunting gear, 
be sure to check out our new fall collection, including the launch of our new Artemis Generation 2 lineup. With Girls With Guns, you know that our gear has been designed and field tested by women who actually hunt and wear this gear. We have an amazing team of women who contribute and share their ideas and extensive field testing so that our gear works for you in multiple hunting environments. We build our gear for women of all shapes and sizes, made by women for women. If you want to try out GWG, you can go to gwgclothing.com and use WILD15 for a discount off of your first order. Well, you see, trappers are a special breed of people. We're dedicated, committed, and passionate about what we do and who we are. Each and every one of us has an intense desire to be the very best we can. So in a world of skinny jeans, man buns, and pumpkin spice lattes, sometimes you just have to stop, push back, and tell the world, that's not me. Whether you're from the far north, or in the deep south, and anywhere in between, Southern Snares can help you succeed at getting the job done and being who you are. We would also like you to check out Sawmill Creek Bait and Lures, RMC Custom Calls, Atlantic Coral Enterprise, Blast and Cast Guide Service, Epler Fur, Feather Moon Calls, Shangalaya Safaris, Shelly Emmer with Dirty Girl Guide Service, and Hunting Day Podcast. And now back to the podcast. So I got to ask, Sam, um, going into this first time, you're like your very first hunt with us, signing up, kind of tell us a little bit about how that felt. Did you at any point where you like, oh, man, I don't know about this? Or mm-hmm. was it as soon as you got in, you were like, all right, we're doing it. I'm good. Like, how uh, did this yeah. go? Yeah, uh, actually... I looked at it and I was like, mm, I'll sign up for that later. <laughs> and then I was like, no, Sam, you're going to do it. I had to like talk myself into it. And I'm like, how else are you going to ever have this experience? A, it's beginner's hunt, beginners. So even if you have these questions, you it has to be sure that somebody else has the same questions as you do. And so, you know, I hit the submit, you know, put my... Uh, payment down, whatever. I'm like, okay, well, now I got to do it. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I did not sleep the night before because I'm a very social person, obviously. But when I'm, when I don't feel like I'm, you know, I am like the best at something or I'm just learning or such, like it's, again, I do get very intimidated by that. And so it was kind of intimidating at first, but I think everybody who you know, puts themselves out there and, and just says, I'm going to do this for myself. And I'm just, just going to do it for my first time. So what, you know, I think, I think every one of the girls that I've talked to who said, this is my first time ever shooting gun or, you know, going out and doing this hunt. And I'm going to keep doing this because, you know, it just, you have to, you have to do it. You just have to do it. You know, there's that part of you saying you're not comfortable and you should probably back away from it. But you have to do the uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You you have to you have to get through the uncomfortable in order to be a better person. So yeah. um and that's yeah. what I just 
but got to do it. Yeah. And thank I, God I did. And <laughs> thank God you did. Yeah. We're glad you right. did. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think that that's important for anybody to know, you know, to really grow, to really experience like the best of everything, you do have to step out of your comfort zone. And, and you have to be able to be aware of that. Like, okay, I'm going to feel awkward and uncomfortable, but I'm going to grow out of this. There's going to be some great thing at the end. So the, the uncomfortable is just for a little bit. And, and I got to say like, so a lot of ladies that I've talked to about when they first started out with us or going on a new hunt or whatever, the biggest thing was that they felt that, yeah, there was uncomfortableness at first, but because you were surrounded by ladies. It yes. went away a little bit faster. Yes. Uh, yes. And as I had kind of mentioned before, uh, the hunts that I didn't feel that I felt a little bit more deterred from being pumped up or getting a fire in me is quite frankly, because I was around men. And I, I think a lot of women always talk about that. And, and then, um, you know, having to balance their their personal um, home life and being a mom and and being a career person as well. Um, and then also having to deal with the male support or lack thereof, of getting into uh, fishing or hunting or foraging even or homesteading mm-hmm. of some sort. Um, and so to have a group of ladies that, you know, I can be around um, it's, I think a lot of people would agree that it's hard for women to really be, um, surrounded by a good support system of women. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like as we get older, that gets a little bit harder. I've never once felt that in this community, um, especially women of the wild, um, as, as we've talked about, uh, earlier, it's just the, um, the immense support. And yeah, I will say once I, and it was interesting too, because um, we're all in there and there's about what, six or seven of us or so. And uh, we're all introducing each other and just kind of talking about our lives, kind of like this, you know, back and forth. Well, how'd you get into it? How, you know, and almost all of us said, I'm the hunter or the fisherman in my in my relationship with my boyfriend or my fiance or husband and I've had to teach him these things and you know he's just like honey go do your thing and I'm like that is so cool you know because it's normally roles reverse mm-hmm. and uh and I think that a lot of ladies like I didn't even know what that existed like is that I didn't really grow up with a bunch of um especially um hunters in my life but them also being women that's why they don't in my family but not my direct family. So to see that is just so cool. And so like all of their friends and all of their family that just got involved, I'm like, Hey, I want to be friends with you guys. <laughs> You're like a good support system. Let's all be friends. They're like, yeah, let's all be friends. Let's all support each other. So yeah. You know what, Sam? It's funny that you say that because as you were saying that I was going through the checklist in my head of who was on that first educational goose hunt. And you are absolutely right. Every female there is the hunter in their relationship or their personal life, every single one of you girls was like, and you were all obviously it was your first waterfowl season, but it was like out of the experience level, like, like you said, you have it in deer or something like that. But all of you ladies on that hunt all had that in common too. So finding that like piece of that puzzle, that's like almost missing 
it, it like yeah. clicks and you're like, oh my gosh, we have so much to relate on. And yes, there wasn't a quiet moment. Um, like <laughs> we had, we had so much fun, but you girls got to learn so much, but there were the connections made after that, like all of you girls still talk to this day and yep. have gone on hunts together. I mean, shoot, we just had that late season goose and three out of the four or five of you that were on that hunt were on that hunt. So you started season together and you yep. ended season together. Yes. Colt and I, and that was, that was kind of a neat, um, it was just little, like, yeah, yeah. You got to start it together and finish it together. Yeah. So that was really yeah. cool. And it was crazy. The amount of confidence that we had at that point, you know, I, you know, we'd only been out a few times in, you know, between both beginning and, and late season. And, um, you could just tell with that late season fun, we were like, we're here to, <laughs> we are here to party. We are here to just make sure that we're, we're going to come home with, we're going to bag some geese <laughs> and, um, just everybody's confidence was just amazing and through the roof and, um, and the, you know, just like the jokes that we have, like Colt's awesome and he's, you know, helped us out a couple times now. And just, I, yeah, going to be there again in the fall. <laughs> That's all I have to say. And I hope, I hope, hope, hope that the ladies that are listening to this, um, who are having, you know, reservations or second thoughts about ever just diving into it, just, just do it. Just get out there. You know what? You might not like it. First time you not might like it. That's okay. But you tried it. Right. Or you might get addicted, which I'm pretty sure is probably going to happen. <laughs> I mean, that sounds bad. I'm addicted to hunting. But, you know, like you just, I, yeah. And yeah. I think it's really awesome that after all of these, um, uh, all of these events that we do, there's always that opportunity to learn how to process your own um, animals as well, or, you know, fishes and such, um, mm -hmm. which is a huge thing to me. That's what I really wanted to learn. I really wanted to learn um, how my, I ever fun for myself out in the wild if that was the thing, which I want it to be. <laughs> so, um, but I think to me, that's, that's my envision of hunting. I want to be able to go out there, harvest an animal, come back and, you know, clean it and use all of the parts you know, talk mm -hmm. about how we can use all of them. Um, and I, I think that's a really great opportunity for a lot of people too. instead of just pulling the trigger, literally, they can kind of finish out that whole process too. So I think that's yeah. very important, you know, and with COVID, I think that that has been since then has been the forefront in a lot of people's minds. Like, if if there's a shutdown tomorrow and, and we're back to shipping containers, sitting on mm -hmm. the Gulf and everything else, how am I going to take care of my family? And, and I think that that has woke up a lot of people. And I hate saying the whole woke thing, but that part, <laughs> right. that part, right. I think it had, you know? Um, and it's, it's funny because, so I'm big into the trapping community and people ask me all the time, whenever I started a women's business in the trapping community, they're like, are there really women who do this? And I said, we're the best kept secret. And then since yeah, COVID hit, since COVID hit, and women have literally came out of the wor woodwork. <laughs> I keep telling these guys, I'm like, well, the secret's out of the bag, buddy. You know? <laughs> it's like, well, if I do it myself, I'm going to do it. Yeah. But yeah. you're right. You're right, Linda, with, with the COVID 
with the what we faced as an economy with COVID, it built a desire for self sustainability. Mm-hmm. And it really drove a lot of people like you said, to wake up and be like, Oh, I might not one day be able to afford the meat at the grocery store, or I might not want to purchase my food there and support this. And being able being able to be self-sustainable, but on your own time and learn it in the proper ways is so important. So like the canning mm-hmm. event that we did took 20 women and got them taught how to can meats, how to can vegetables. Like that was a really great event because that self-sustainability, it doesn't have to be hunting and it doesn't have to be fishing. There's something for right. everyone. But like you said, Sam, like, you don't know if you like it till you try it. And I tell people, if you don't know, and you have like that little, you know, little, little voice in the back of your head saying, I'm just curious, Uh yeah, being curious and try it. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, I'd never been around trapping ever. So that, you know, I kind of mentioned something in the truck to you on the way back. And I'm like, I just you know, not that I don't understand it. I understand it, but I just don't know like the whole scenario around it and like what you have to do in preparation and then after and, and why and so on and so forth. And your explanation of everything was just intriguing. You know, it's just not something that I really grew up with. And um, I think that's a whole other, (laughs) a whole other area that I just think is so fascinating um, to do because you were talking to me about how you have to outsmart all of the animals and they'll actually screw around with you and they'll oh, yeah. you know leave stuff in the traps and I just think it's like the funniest thing you know it's it's a game we play right, right. and uh us as animals just in the world itself so I am really looking forward to those other um and I'm glad other people are looking forward to them too as those other types of um either like little seminars that you can give or even just events of the foraging Mm -hmm. or I think we were talking about doing shed hunting at some point too. And like, those are just so cool. So yeah, if you don't want to be involved in fishing or hunting, let's go get some mushrooms or, um, you know. Well, and even the girls with the curiosity, we have the online courses. So Mm -hmm. the Megan, Linda taught uh, an online trapping event for land trapping. And then Megan taught an online water trapping. And then next month, she's actually doing one on introduction to public land to explain, you know, units and draws, what to pack, what to expect. So even if you're just kind of interested, that's a really good Mm -hmm. um, toe in the water. Mm-hmm. to see what it's all about and learn about it. So like the online trapping classes that Linda and Megan host are fantastic because you can, you can lose so much of the false persona that follows the negativity behind stuff. Like trapping is a big one that mm-hmm. people have a misconception about yeah. and Linda knows that better than anyone. But like, if you have the thought in your head that this is intriguing, like sitting in on those is really nice and it can be anything like, Right now we're working on one, Linda, she's going to be doing one on plants. And like, that just goes to show, like, it's not, it's not always this hell bent. We got to kill something. Mm-hmm. It's, right. Right. it's the self-sustainability lifestyle for growth to become more independent and build mm-hmm. that relationship with themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if you think about, you know, maybe our mothers and grandmothers, they, they might have been a little bit of a part of, uh, 
you know, actually going on a hunt or going fishing or foraging and stuff, but more than likely they're the ones that were preparing everything too. So how awesome is that, that now we can be that generation that is going to go out there and harvest it ourselves. Um, and then also be able to prepare all of that too. <laughs> but yeah. I'd like to circle back to something you had said about, you know, if you ever decide this is maybe something you're interested in to just go out and try it. And with this day and age, I feel that it is so important, any skill in your arsenal, whether you're going to use it daily or it's the only time that you're ever going, like for tra for trapping, for instance, you know, if you came out with me or you took a class or whatever and you're never going to do it, but now you know how to if you needed to or, mm -hmm. you know, you go duck hunting and you're like, ah, maybe this isn't for me. You know, like you yeah. said, I don't know why anyone would say that, but if they say that, but now they have that knowledge, that skill set. So if they're ever stuck in a situation where, you know what, I have to go duck hunting today. Like, yeah. It's not yeah. an option. This is what I yeah. need to do. You're now prepared, you know, right. and and like coming back to those those groups where you were like, um, you know, there were some some males in those groups and, and that's why you were not as comfortable, you know, now that you've gone out on so many different hunts and everything with women, I'm sure if you went back to those groups, you would feel so much more comfortable. You could stand oh, yeah. on your own feet. Right, and with the, with your attitude, I could see being like, oh no, watch me now. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, actually I think you're supposed to do it this way. Yeah, I could <laughs> well, see that. It's, it's funny that you say that Linda, because so our, that first educational goose hunt that Sam was on, it was all women. Mm -hmm. But when we closed the season out, it was a mix of men and women. And it wasn't done through Women of the Wild. It was a personal hunt. But um, Sam was there. Sam, Our Sam Bell was there. Uh, and Hannah was there with us. And then we had three gentlemen there with us. And it was not uncomfortable. It wasn't nope. in any way like you stupid girl, you don't know that. You know what I mean? Like it was mm -hmm. when the girl comes in with confidence. So I think that's a, yeah, a big I thing, think that is, a thing. is yeah. when you don't know, they know it. And sometimes yeah. not all, because there are some they really on it. out there that yep. absorb and help. But sometimes when you're that quote unquote newbie, you have to earn your place. You have to earn your respect. And I think the way that you, it's so funny because the intimidation you could see it in all of you on that first hunt in September, mm -hmm. but in February, you girls walked into that field like you owned it, and you guys, <laughs> you guys were cheering exactly. on, cheering the guys yeah. on. You know, we were we were doing duck calls and goose calls, like we were mm -hmm. teaching you guys that in the field, and like the absorption of information from men from women, where you can combine it at that point, but you mm -hmm. have the confidence. Yes, I think it changes everything. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, I mean, even so back to where the intimidation factor is such, I feel like if you're a newbie at all in any, they're always going to harass you, right? They're, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, they always harass you. I grew up with guys all my life, right? So I just, I was big tomboy growing up. Um, I'm used to being, you know, kind of picked on about stuff, but I will say, yeah, that last, that last one, I'm like, hmm. I know that's not right. 
can't pick on me for about that or you know <laughs> but no they and they definitely did not forget in fact we all had a good time and and it was fun because we we're all you know just talking to talk and just having good conversations and just carrying on the conversations about it all and talking about our upcoming hunts and and what we want to do with those and and you know even talking about you know, since we saw so many ducks uh instead of geese <laughs> day there <laughs> uh we were talking about all the ducks that we wanted to cross off our list and you know just comparing the, the funniest thing was uh you know I think I think that was a this or I think that was that and then it's like no it's definitely fluffy or it wasn't it was not you know and it's like the fight between it all between us you know because we've worked on that our knowledge so much on wanting to know that and mm-hmm. wanting to cross those birds off our list and then also you know when it's then you should probably know what you're shooting at. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a good thing. Know what probably you're a good thing. But yeah, no, <laughs> just it was so funny, you know. But even with the keys, you know, we're like, is that a snow goose? Is that a Ross? Is that, you know, yeah. the, you know, the different types of geese that we were just throwing out there. It was our our range of knowledge was just so much bigger point because we loved it and we cared. Well, and Texas was a big attribute to that because we shot graders, lessers, cacklers, mm-hmm. no Ross specs. So you guys really got to see the diversity in species and learn that neck circumference and the neck length of telling the difference between a lesser and a cackler and, and being able to notice and identify those things. So seeing mm-hmm. that, I mean, here in Michigan, you're not going to have that. You got graders, you got right. lessers, you're not getting cacklers here, but like my I group wish. is not a Ross here in Michigan, but snows have been taken here. But to see those, it took you mm-hmm. out of your element and put you in a situation where now you're going to see that and you're going to be like, oh, that's not a snow. That's a Ross or, oh, yeah. that's a Meganzer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're now in that situation to be able to better identify because of the broad spectrum that you were able to experience mm-hmm. through the season. Or even um, just watching the birds in the sky. You know, where's that? Is that a duck? No, that's definitely a goose. Uh-huh. Was that a cattle crane? We're not sure. It's <laughs> like, you know, just being able to tell those now. Like, mm-hmm. the it's swans so that were taunting us all day. Swans. Swans, man. <laughs> Why? Why must they do that? <laughs> it was, you know, but, but that's also another thing of hunting is you just get to watch all of that wildlife. Yeah. You know, you get to, even if you're in the woods, you get to see the squirrels and the chipmunks, even though you but you get to see the crows. You get to see how nature just works with each other. Um, and then, you know, hunting waterfowl, you get to see swans up close doing their mating dances. And it's just, it's, I, I love it. Just even, you know what, if I'm not having a quote successful day, being able to harvest anything, it's still a successful day to me because I got to be out and um, be just outside in nature, you know, enjoying that. That's awesome. That's a great way of looking at it, too. So we normally try to keep these to roughly about an hour and we're we're coming up on that hour. Um, but before we before we let you go, I've got to ask bucket list. What's what's out there that you're like, hey, I really want to do this someday or I'm working up to it now. I mean, because you've got that go getting attitude and I don't see much stopping you. So right where where um, are we at what what are we to look forward to with you man i want to do a red stag for sure mm-hmm. 
and it'd be so cool to do it with my bow. Like I, I love bow hunting. I think it's just so primitive. And I know that we're using a compound. I probably would use a compound. I wouldn't use a long bow. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll become pretty awesome at that. In the next few <laughs> why years. not? But right? Why not? Why not? <laughs> um, I don't know. My bank account says different, but <laughs> <laughs> we're working. That's up also to my it. thing. <laughs> yeah, this, this whole single lady thing is great here and there. And so you want to go on all these hunting trips, but <laughs> I'll take sponsors. But uh. <laughs> So yeah, I just, an elk too. I, I just, I think some kind of big game, maybe out West, um, and make it a trip. Like I wouldn't want to just go for one specific animal per se. Um, I think having, you know, a couple weeks or so of just going out there and living off the land and just kind of, uh, hiking through and, you know, having your eye, uh, set on, um, a few different types of species would be really great. Um, kind of like what you guys are going to do down in Texas. Yeah, you should have came with us for that. I know. I know that whole funding thing. Yeah, I might <laughs> next time. But... You just described backpacking in the mountains of Southwest yep. Texas, multiple animals, a big range mm-hmm. and variety. It's and so funny. It's so funny that you talk about I'll take sponsors because <laughs> so a couple years ago, a couple years ago, I, I don't remember what it, it was. I think it was the my alligator trip. I wanted to I wanted to go do alligators and everything and ended up that was a whole mess and had to cancel all this stuff. But anyhow, prior to that, I tried to figure out how much this was going to cost. And so if you don't have somebody who's like kind of guiding you and going with you that you know, this is a very expensive trip. Yeah. I mean, it gets yeah. very very expensive really quick. Yeah. And so I was all about, I'm going to set up this GoFundMe page and I'm going to give this sad story about how it is my dream to catch this alligator. And my husband's like, you are not doing that. He's like, we cannot share that to anyone. And I'm like, but it would be amazing. He's like, no, he's like, you can't do that. So it was just funny when you're like, people come sponsor me. I get flashbacks about my GoFundMe alligator page that I was not allowed to publish. He was listen, like, I have no shame. Yeah. He was like foot down, like foot we are down. not. And I had it like all written out. I'll have to see if I can find it like this story. That's like so I tried funny. to make this like sad story about why I needed to go so badly and, and everything. And there yeah. alligators are killing all of the little puppies and stuff, and I have to go. Well, I, <laughs> I think go I think it. the one I think at one point I put about like there was an alligator that was on a golf course and how like that really can hurt people and they would just come up out of the water while you're golfing. And so I'm saving all of these golfers by coming down and yeah, I'll have I mean, to see if I can find it and send it out to you, but right. Yeah. I mean, what's the worst you do? You put it out there and you get a no. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. So no, no, my, my, I got a no before I even put it out there. <laughs> Michael was so like, we are not doing this. <laughs> Linda, we are not doing yeah, that. Yeah. He doesn't tell me no very often. So when he does, I'm like, yeah, fine. Fair, fair, fine. Whatever. I, can, like, I, have I can hear Michael's voice being like, Linda, really? Yes. <laughs> like I can I can literally hear that as you say that. Well, it was funny because I was kind of like, guess what I did today? And he's like, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> nope. No. Not what we're doing. Sorry, honey. Nope. You're like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, right. Right. So, well, 
Well, Sam, I hate to leave you because you are such a great person and so much fun to talk to, but we are on our hour. So I am going to say, do you got anything else for us? Anything you want to leave the listeners on? think that you guys are absolutely wonderful and you're definitely giving a shout out to win of the wilds and um especially the two of you you guys have done so much for um the whole group itself and making sure that everybody feels included um and so again i'm just going to reiterate it again do the thing that makes you feel uncomfortable and again you know if you decide that you just don't like it whatever you tried it before but you have to get through that uncomfortable phase in order to know to get to more growth right and so i think that's how you should take your direction in life um and that's how you should take it if you ever want to get out into the outdoors um because i fully feel that you should spend some time every day in the outdoors and definitely laughing and having a good time absolutely do you now, for any of our listeners that want to follow you on social media, do you want to um, drop your handle for Instagram, Facebook? Yeah. So uh, Facebook, I'm just Sam Beelan, so B-E-L-A-N-D. And then for Instagram, it's uh, Black Betty Sam, and then B-A-L-A-N. And that's how you can follow me. And that's all I have right now. And I'm trying to get more of a presence on social media because I've noticed that more of a presence of me being outside gets a little bit more people and in the communities and we can all just thrive off of each other. And I love it. Yes. Yes. Wonderful. And thank you. Cause you are, like I said earlier, you are a complete spitfire. So we look forward to having you on more trips and having you volunteer with us. And we just want to thank you for giving women of the wild a chance to become a part of your community and being as incredible as you are. Cause you are so much fun out there. Girls, if, you want to get out with somebody who is absolutely going to make your trip worth it. Sam's one of them. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you so Ooh. much for having me on. This is such a great opportunity. I was so excited when you guys reached out about this. I'm like, yes. And we were talking about, do we, is there anything you want to cover? I'm like, oh, we're going to talk. We're not at talk. all. We're doing it all. <laughs> we <gotta. laughs> we're fine. We're not going to run low on time. Yeah, we're, we're good. <laughs> you are. You are. Well, thank you so much, Sam. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And that concludes this episode of Women of the Wild podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you have any questions or would like to check out our website, it is www.womenofthewild.net. We post different events and everything that we've got going on. We would really like to also thank our sponsors, ACC Crappie Sticks, Girls with Guns, Southern Snare, Sawmill Creek Baits and Lures, RMC Custom Calls, Atlantic Coral Enterprise, Blast and Cast Guide Service, Epler Fur, Feather Moon Calls, Shangalaya Safari, Dr. Josh Farr Children's Books, and Shelly Emmer with Dirty Girl Guide Service. Thank you all and hope that you tune in in two weeks for our next episode.